This is the Pick of the Bunch by Basic Bananas, where we share the pick of the bunch when it comes to marketing, business, and people. Welcome back. This is Christo here. In this episode, I'm talking with Craig Bassford. He and his business partner, Jason, own the Big Shed Brewing Concern. Big Shed Brewing Concern make awesome beer and uh, they're doing very well. You'll have a listen to the to this episode and you'll hear how he's grown it or how they together have grown this thing from basically a, a half-drunk conversation about starting a business to now, uh, well, you know, a multi-million dollar location pumping out a ridiculous amount of beer that they're serving uh, to people all around Australia, basically, and distributing around Australia. And it sounds like their venue is is amazing too, their venue that they have 20 minutes outside of Adelaide in South Australia, where they brew all of their beer from as well. So really cool episode where Craig shares the story of growing the business and the the kind of the fun of it and the, the realizations around growing a business and turning a basically a, a passion for beer into a business and the challenges along the way, how they kind of overcame those and the, you know, the, the opportunities and the, the fun and so on. So a really cool episode with some really cool insights for anyone interested in scaling up their business, or especially those who love to drink a beer. Enjoy the show. Craig, thank you so much for joining me. No worries, Christo. Thank you. And um, you've got one of these businesses that's well, I am like, like from the outside, I'm sure there's work that you have to do, but from the outside, owning a, a brewery seems like, like, you know, the every man's dream. It's like the kid owning a chocolate factory and all you do is swim in chocolate and eat chocolate all day. Um, owning a brewery sounds like that to me, you know, in the, the grown-ups world. Is that the reality? What's, tell us about it. That's, oh, look, that's, it's pretty far from the reality, but... <laughs> I'd rather, I'd rather be doing this than anything else, you know what I mean? Like, as I explain to people, like, we'll have, like any business owner, we'll have really, really good days yeah. and really, really bad ones. But at least at the end of our worst day, there's still a beer to be had. I mean, so, that's, yes, that's true. That's how, we, how I look at it. And when we sell our product, we, yeah, we always talk about, well, within the venue, we're either the, the best part of a punter's really shit day or the, excla- or the exclamation point on a great one. So that's what we aim to do. <laughs> uh, you know, so that's yeah, it is. It is a lot of fun. Um, I've had some amazing experience, even in our short time. Like we've been flown to the UK to make beer, and I met some amazing people. Went through Belgium and tried some lovely wild beers and stuff like that. Um, but we also deal with things like uh, excise tax. So you know, it swings and roundabouts. Mm, yeah, yeah, I can imagine there'd be some. So it's not <laughs> like um, you're not like one of those ones that's like now doesn't like beer. You know, like the chef that that doesn't cook at home or the, um, yeah. you know, do, do you, um, so you still enjoy a beer, of course. Absolutely. Absolutely. Still. I love it. I love a beer. In fact, we've got a beer dinner, uh, tonight to go to. So that's, that's all part of the fun. Um, but I don't make the beer anymore. Like we don't get to, it's funny when, when Jason and I first started, um, the business, we both started the business because we thought we loved making beer and all that sort of stuff. The first thing we gave up as we grew was actually making the product. Um, because we needed to employ someone to make it so we could focus on on building the business and things like that. We could either do, we'd either make beer or make the business work and, and employ someone to do the other. And we always thought that as a couple of home brewers, 
we we done all right as make uh, for making beer. We could easily find someone who's a lot better than us, um, and then we could be, we could stick true to our to our goal of you know building the business up and the brand up from there. So nice. yeah, Very it's a, nice. it's been interesting. It's been an interesting thing. Like I I would have thought if you asked me, like I said, why we started the business was it was all about like I said making the product. But what I've sort of learned it was less to do with that, and it was more to do with sharing the product and being able to talk about it with people and enjoy it with people. Um, uh, we had a situation at the old, well, talk about the old brewery. Um, we had what they call a rain event. Basically, the roof came in. Um, luckily, nothing was uh, affected in terms of production, but our front of house was not usable for the best part of three weeks. And by the end of those three weeks, I was feeling really flat and down and, and grisly and grumpy with everything in life and in general. And I couldn't, I, w I wouldn't have said why. I just, it was just kind of was. And then we had an event on the Saturday, um, which involved going out to a park and all the food trucks come and we and breweries come and we serve beer and food and build up a good time. Um, and I couldn't believe how excited I was. And I've I've actually missed. Like I didn't I didn't understand it so much. But now I was like, what I've actually missed. This is why I do what I do, is to be able to pull beers and talk about beers. And again, like during this whole COVID carry on, that's been the thing that we've missed the most is having people in our house to be able to share a beer with them. Um, I mean, at one stage there during in South Australia now, we've got uh, less restrictions than we used to. You know, but back when it was hard lockdown and we all we could do was takeaways and deliveries and stuff, I would spend six nights a week delivering pizza simply because I missed the human interaction and pe seeing people wow. excited to see our product and see us, you know, deliver it to them. It was a, it was a real boon. Not only, like, it helps financially, obviously, that's the obvious answer, but yeah. it, was a, it was almost a spiritual sort of lift that that meant so much to me and and to our staff too they'd be able to do that stuff now like when we reopen yeah you know, when we first shut well just before we shut we were down to like 15 or 20 people in our in our new space which can hold under normal capacity around 200 so give you an understanding about how sparse it was yeah. um and it was frustrating but the minute they, they said yeah you can open and it was 10 people we were happy as clams like we were just yeah. how good is this that people back in our house again yeah. Um, so I think on both sides of the fence, both the punter and and the server um, or the venue, we have a newfound appreciation for what we mean to each other. And I hope that once this is all done and dusted, that we keep that mentality because it's been a beautiful thing to watch. Both my staff and me have a newfound appreciation for the punter, but the punter also to have a newfound appreciation for what we do. So it's mm. been, you know, if there is a silver lining, that would be, yeah. it. be good. Yeah, it sounds like a massive silver lining. And it sounds like like early on you you did well to recognise that, um, you know, the, the, what you actually enjoy in the business and what you love in the business. Because it does, like, I, I imagine the same. I like, I love drinking beer and it does make me go, oh, brewery or owning a bar would be so good. But I'd, it's like the thought of owning a bar sounds like a dream to me. But But if I actually did it, I'm sure I'd prefer to be on the, like, the outside of the bar, you know, like on the customer yeah. side of the bar because that's yeah, where the sure. money is. So the stress is on the yeah. other side. I don't want to be in that. Um, and it sounds like you uh, you recognise that. But then the good news is, you know, you to be able to grow the business, you have to be able to get yourself out of that um, doing the do as well. You know, just constantly. Yeah. If you're, you guys would have had a ceiling. So what? Yeah. What do you do? Like, what are your? What's your focus in the? And how do you? Because this is a good little um, lesson, I think, straight away for, yeah. for our audience. The fact that you've done that because it could whether it's someone that's say. Uh, a massage therapist that does the massage because they like to help people relieve that that pain but then if they continually do that 
there's a ceiling on what's possible. It's like you brewing the beer. It's like um, me delivering the consulting. If I just did it on an hourly rate, you know, one-to-ones, like mm. there's a ceiling on what's possible. Um, yeah. What, like what kind of happened for you and just tell, can you tell us more on, on that and like what you're doing and what you're focusing on, like to try and grow it, obviously. Um, yeah, yeah, absolutely. So, um, so the briefest issue of Big Shed is two guys, myself and Jace, um, got together and, and decided to start up a brand after a lot of years making beer together and deciding we enjoyed it. And like you say, like having those half-drunk conversations around we should do this for a living, um, <laughs> the, the idea just wouldn't go away. So it was like, well, I, we either do it um, or we shut up about it. Mm. So it was one of those. It came. It came down to one of those two things. So I was like, well, let's. Let's have a, let's figure this out. So we come up with a method that worked and we literally started doing everything ourselves. And yeah, as the business grew, we quickly figured out that we, you simply just don't have the hours in the day to do it and do it properly. Um, so then I'm, I'm a big fan of, of sayings um, to, to sort of guide the way I do things and explain things because I'm not as uh, wordy as I could be. But like, you know, you don't buy a dog and bark yourself is one of my favorites. So it was about finding the right people to do the job better than we could in that specialist area, and then just leave them to it, um, with you know within our within parameters and, and within discussions, obviously. But don't don't micromanage them. Um, so that was that was, and as we grew, we we did that. We started with a you know we started with a single brewer. Um, we got another couple to help him as well, and then you know, we, we were all still. It, like, how did you? How did what sort of like? How do you put in parameters in place? Are you guys just sort of? Is it a conversation, or what do you what do you do? Yeah, I mean, at the moment, yeah, it's it's, it's still uh, we're probably at the point now where a simple conversation um, isn't enough. So we do start, you know, with proper PDs and things like that. Um, but in the in the first instance, it's just literally a chat with a bloke because because there's only three of us at the you know, when we employed our first brewer. There's literally three of us in the building, so it was easy. And if you needed a hand with something, he would you know he would yell out. So it was easy enough to, to keep an eye on it. Um, I mean, that cultural fit for us has always been sort of the key fit. Big fan of, of, of the, again, of the saying, like, you can teach you can teach skills which you can't teach character. So, you know, we sit down with someone and talk about not just not just the technical skills because that's easily enough uh, assessed pretty quickly. It's the character stuff that's, that's more complicated and more tricky. We've been pretty lucky so far that we've got people, well, we've got good people um, um, with us to, to, to work us through as we've grown. Um, but Jason and I sort of pretty much we worked out, you know, we can't do everything um, and there was some crossover there between the two of us and, and you know, some things would get missed and some things would get done twice. So we kind of split it down the middle of our natural sort of bent. So Jace takes care of what I call, what we call business to business. So production, um, uh, wholesale sales and things of that nature and I take care of business to consumer. So we're talking the front of house, uh, some marketing and uh, events outside as well. So that's kind of how we split it from there. And then again, as we've grown, you know, we've taken on, uh, we now have a, a brewery operations manager and several brewers underneath him. Um, we have a, a, a state, a national sales manager as well to take care of local sales and, and interstate sales. Um, we've employed a venue manager with chefs and things like that. So as we've grown along, we've put people in the roles um, so that, that, they, that they can do it and do it well. And we, you know, we have management meetings and we discuss things and, and we bounce ideas off each other. I mean, we're still a pretty, we're up to, well, I think we've got 23 heads now, um, but we, we're still a pretty tight-knit group. Mm -hmm. I think craft beer and hospitality are, you do, 
you do get a different breed of people um, and with that comes a, a similar sort of mindset so it makes it easier to have those to have that sort of tighter team feel mm, nice yeah that's de- you're getting decent size there with 23 that's awesome yeah Growing and growing yeah. since, since we last spoke, which is oh, it's all cool. I mean, yeah, I guess like when we when I started with basically done is we had a we had a brewery that turned out two hundred and fifty thousand liters of beer, um, probably had about ten staff and a fifty head venue. Now I've got a we've got a brewery that at full tilt can turn out one point four million liters, twenty three heads, and a venue for a thousand. So huh. yeah, she's. Right. she's yeah, our our old brewery, like the whole building with the front of house and everything, can fit in the beer garden of the new place. Oh, wicked! Right, sounds amazing. Yeah, it's sounds fun. I need to come because I haven't visited you since the old. It must have been the old venue. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's definitely worth a visit. It's different. It's a different vibe, um, but it's very much the same. If that makes sense, nice. like it's a different space and a different building, like a custom built. Um, our building, which has its own challenges, but mm-hmm. means we got exactly what we wanted. And it was, it was, it's kind of those things like it was it's like when you buy your first house and then you build a house, you get the house, you know, you learn all the bits you don't like or the bits you wanted to do and never even had the space to do. Mm-hmm. And then you go out, you start out doing it. Um, and it's just been, it's just been great from the, particularly from my point of view in terms of the front of house stuff, it's just been amazing. And the new brewery as well is turning out better quality beer. Um, and, the, and the team have learned a lot from doing things the hard way at the, at the old place. So um, yeah, it's been a it's been a great experience all around. You you guys, I think, um, are a good example too of you know starting a, a business literally in a shed and then moving to your own venue, then moving to a bigger venue, and kind of kind of you know stepping it up as you go because you've you've done it all um, yourselves from just the two to having a like you said a half drunk conversation. I love it, and um, yeah. hopefully you you know I'm, I'm, I kind of wonder. Part of me wonders if you're still half drunk half the times. So, you know, product testing all day. It sounds, it sounds <laughs> like only at nine o'clock tonight after the beer dinner because I will be. I will be. <laughs> do you have those moments? <laughs> what do you think? Um, it probably helps actually being half drunk because you know when you kind of you, you drop your barriers and you just push on in business and have conversations. You know that could be hard to yeah. have otherwise. But um. What do you think you guys do different? Because the craft beer space has obviously blown up in the last, you know, like, I don't know, five years, 10 years, but it's gone crazy, obviously, in the last probably five. Yeah, sure. um, and how do you guys, you guys have cool things like the naming of your products, the beer names and that are very creative. But what, like, what do you think differentiates you? Like, why are you guys? Why are you I guys? think what differentiates us is we understand our place in the world. Um, and what I mean by that is we don't try to be something we're not. So Jason and I, our background before this was in the wine game. We weren't making wine or anything like working in IT, but we talk to a lot of winemakers and go to a lot of winemaker-led events. And if there's any winemakers out there, please uh, accept my apologies for any offence that I may cause. But sometimes they sound like absolute wankers. Like they just <laughs> carry on about you know, they, I feel like, what I used to feel like was they would talk down to people. They would say to people, I taste this, you can't taste it because you're not good enough. Um, but I'm going to try and explain it to you anyway, caveman. Whereas we are, we're the opposite. We, we will talk straight across the table. You know, we, I taste this, what do you taste? Oh, yeah, well, that's different. Um, and then and you watch people, if you're having a conversation, like they find out you own the joint and you, watch, you can actually see a guard sort of come up when they when I start talking about the beer and what they think of the beer. 
Um, and I and I I put them straight at ease straight off the bat. It's like, listen, what you need to understand is is this thing here, is that you taste what you taste, and everything that you say is right because it's your tongue. Like that's all you need to know. And everything everyone who tells you otherwise is wrong. Um, and then they you know, and then and then they start to open up a little bit, and then you do have that conversation around. Oh, that's interesting. Like, I don't taste that. I taste this, but neither but neither of us are wrong because we all come with our own. You know, not only at a at a biological level, some people pick up different flavors more than others, or have a react, not, or you know, that chemical reaction um, is more they're more sensitive to it than others. But also lifestyle choice. Like if you've just had lunch, um, if you haven't slept well the night before, if you smoke, like all of these things will affect what you taste. So all I really worry about is do you like it, and if you don't, that's okay too. So getting back to the point, what differentiates us is I think we've always tried to be honest. Um, for better or worse, here's what we are and here's what we do and here's what we represent. Um, and if you don't like it, that's that's totally cool. Um, there's no judgment in it, but this is we're going to keep doing what we do because this is how this is the we like to have fun with our with our brand. We like to have fun in the venue. Um, and if you like to have fun or, or my type of fun is your type of fun, then let's then come on down and enjoy yourself. I think one of the classics was we built uh, Brandwood Street, the original brewery. So the production was in one part of the of the warehouse, and the front of house was in this little lean-to, and between it was um, a single doorway, but a big glass sort of panel that people could look out onto the brewery and, and watch what's going on. And was, was, I sat there for a week or two pondering it, and I'm just like, I don't, I don't like this. Like I feel like as a punter, you're sitting here watching the monkeys at the zoo, and what I want is for you people to be monkeys with us. So we knocked the hole in the wall pushed the bar behind and the bar sat literally on the brew deck behind. Like, so the brewery was maybe two metres from the front bar. Mm. And that, I think, encapsulates what we're about. Like we're about the experience and the, and the whole thing and being honest and 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 not trying to hide behind anything or, or putting up a front in terms of how we represent ourselves to the world. Um, we we do what we do and I'll wager that we can find enough people that, that either enjoy it enough or will at least laugh at us, if not with us, and away we go. <laughs> I love it because the, um, it's it's all too often you see people like, especially in my space, working with hundreds of different businesses that jumping around. You know, it's like changing lanes all the time, and um, yeah, and then it's yeah, it's often those that stick to their lane the longest or actually end up in in a lot of spaces that end up the most. Yeah successful because they just outstay everybody else you know people come and come in come out and drop it and see the next shiny yeah. thing or they see someone else being successful and go oh that must work and then they go after that but it's like someone who's you know the the straighty i don't know the the, the different ones that, that try if they tried to be you guys they wouldn't be you guys it just wouldn't work um, yeah absolutely some of the names, but I've seen the um, the Golden Stout time I've enjoyed here at the Colorado Beach Club. Also at Newcastle, yep. I, I was up there um, a few months ago. What, what did they have? They had something on tap as well. It might have been the Golden Stout time as well. Um, yep. In, uh, I can't remember the name of the venue. Was it Hold or something like that? Anyway. Um, the, um, the Foghorn. Yeah. What was that? Foghorn? I think the Foghorn up there. There's a few at Grain Store. There's a few up in Newcastle. Grain actually. Store. That's it. The Grain Store. Yeah, yeah the Grain Mark Store. Mark there you go. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. Excellent. Your beers all over the place. What um? What are some of the other other names you got? You got some funny names and some interesting names. Yeah, we do. I mean, we've got um our our core range. Sort of starts with our midstream. Well, 
Now, our lager, our RPO, our Royal Park Lager, which is uh, homage to our local area. Um, we've got the Jetty Jumper, which is a 3.5% session, session pale. Uh, the American Pale, the F year. Uh, Franken Brown is our hoppy American Brown Ale. Californicator, going up into a 7.5% uh, West Coast style IPA. Uh, and then we've got Cherry Popper, our 8.5% apple and cherry cider, and our straight up cider at 4.2. So, you know, we like to, again, we take uh, sort of our motto around the place is we take the beer making seriously, but we won't take anything else too seriously. <laughs> Californicator and the Cherry Popper, they're, they're a dangerous yeah. combination right there. <laughs> yeah, I do look at it, I look at it from two points of view. Like, I need, if it's in a crowded fridge, I need you to pick it up if you don't know who Big Shed is. Yeah, so if you yeah. see a beer with FDA written on it, you're at least going to grab it and look at it and see what sort of lunatic is doing this. And once it's in your hand, I've got a chance for you to buy it. And then once you've bought it, the product's got to be right. So you know, the, the names, um, one is to grab attention, but it's also to, to highlight what we're about. And as I said, we don't, we don't take it too seriously. We're not, we know only too well that we're not solving any world diplomatic crisis. We make beer. That's what we do, and we make beer to be enjoyed with friends, you know, to commiserate like losing grand finals or to celebrate the birth of a kid. These are all the. This is what beer is for. No one drinks beer in a white box in isolation unless they're doing beer judging. Mm. Um, so it should be. It should put a smile on your face before you've got it in the glass, because if I've done that, you're already in the right mindset to enjoy the product. Yeah, yeah. What do you think? Have there been any? Um what challenges, obviously business is full of challenges, but have there been any particular challenges that stood out in terms of growing your business or like um, mistakes that come to mind? Oh, mate, yeah. numerous mistakes. Yeah, you know, just like trying to find the right premises, um, not understanding how valuable front of house could be. Like when we first started, we weren't going to do a front of house. We only, we only set up our brewery in Royal Park originally because it was close to home. It was a cheap warehouse that was close to home and we were never going to do front of house. If I'd known how valuable that would be, I would have done it. I think we waited two years before we did it. And we, if, we, right. if we started it two years earlier, well, we'd be two years further along down the track because it's just such a, such a key for us, both on a branding perspective because we control everything, but also, um, you know, I give you a pint of beer, you give me money. There's no, there's no two-week, three-week, four-week, six-week delay in mm. payment from a, from a publican or a restaurant or whatever. So yeah. that side of thing. Um, you know, we've learned, learned things along the way in terms of employing staff or and, and, and managing staff and how human beings are sadly, some, in some instances, not like machines. Like they, are, they have a whole life that we don't control that still will affect my business. Yeah. Um, and, and being understanding of that and working through that with people. Um, yeah, I mean, look, in terms of believing that everyone is a good person and not worrying about a contract and doing it on a handshake and then getting burned. Like, that's a lesson we've learned. It was a $300,000 lesson or something like that. And so we take that and you go, you know what, like, there's, your, there's your uni degree in, in, in all sorts of things. So, yeah, there's absolutely been lessons we've learned along the way. But also, you know, that sounds really negative, but I've also learned that for all of that, people are amazing. And, and, and especially in these last six months that feels like 60,000 years, um, the, the support we got from, in particular, through our locals has just been amazing, absolutely humbled, so humbled 
by the amount of people who, who come in and both personal friends or, or people we've met through work, through the business and stuff who have just said, I'll be here every week buying one burger and some beer off you until until I'm allowed to come back inside. And they don't have to do that. You know, I, They're probably going through their own hardships and stuff like that, but at the same time, they deemed our, our business important enough to their life that they want to support it. And that's something to remember when you are going through a rough trot, no matter what it is, um, that there are people who feel about who feel about your brand as strongly, probably as strongly as you do. Mm, it's good. Um, um, it's you, you guys that I guess the advantage of that um, having the bar there as well is that direct connection to the customer. Cause you even just yeah. saying that for the inspiration, because uh, if they're drinking to, even if they're drinking three blocks away in a bar, enjoying your brand and your beer, if it wasn't there, you might not see it. You know, you guys are just seeing the, the problems in the, in the brewery. Yeah. And the, oh, no, it's, like, it's been, it's, it's, the front of house is just fantastic. I love it. I love the front of house like nothing else. In terms of marketing so. activities, what do you think's worked like the best for you guys? Obviously, um, you saying the whole thing about knowing who you are. That's a huge marketing lesson in itself because most a lot yeah. of businesses aren't really even sort of clear on who they want to be or how they want to stand out. And what um, yeah. in terms of other activities like marketing activities, have been certain things that have worked better for you guys or. Or things that were terrible. It's, well, <laughs> it's been an extension of, of that sort of philosophy. I mean, we use because money, like brewing, is a very capital-intensive exercise. You know, our new brewery um, is about one point eight million dollars in stainless steel. Before you talk about fit out and building, it's around a seven million dollar operation. So mm. it's not. It takes a lot of money to get it going. So we can't. We don't have thousands and thousands of dollars to spend on a marketing. Uh, on, on marketing fanciness, I guess. So we've got to be yeah. really clever with how we go about it. Um, and for us, a lot of it is done through the social media. So taking taking my stuff that I learned from you guys um, around the 80-20 rule and not delivering, not just trying to sell to people, you know, delivering content that is intriguing or, or, or controversial or humorous. Either way, it evokes a reaction. And, it's similar, and that's a very similar thing to our beer. Like last thing I want someone to say about my beer is it's all right i'd rather you say you hate it because then i know i've done something you know not like vanilla is no is nothing i want to be you want to be interesting and exciting because because for every every person who hates it chances are you'll find someone who absolutely loves it so as long as you've got enough people who are loving it it's all good um <coughs> in terms and in terms of campaigns and stuff that we've done like the probably the biggest one we've done was actually around the new premises. So we knew we had a year and we knew we'd also have a lot of bills to pay once it was done. So I was like, well, how do we maximise money coming in straight off the bat? And the only way to do that with the brewery, with the new brewery, was to get people through the front door um, straight away. So we spent a good year talking about the new place and sharing. I mean, that's why we talk about marketing and sometimes you get a negative a negative stereotype or oh, marketing is trying to sell me something or whatever. Mm. But I like to think, I, I think of it more as it's that storytelling. I'm still selling you the, I'm, still, I'm not selling you a thing. I'm selling you an idea or a concept that if you buy into, then the product will, the, you'll buy the product anyway. Um, and that was the key for me in terms of, of, of selling this idea of the new premises. So we went down there, yeah, we were down there two, three times a week, photos, updates, um, and some of it would be would be serious. Some of it would be fun. Like I remember, we had a downpour. And we had this big ditch, and I, I 
I went and grabbed, um, well, got, actually got the, the builder to go and grab me a deck chair and a fishing rod. And we took a photo of me like fishing in this little de- like in this little mud puddle. I wanted him to get the whole boat and we we're going to take it out, but he wouldn't do it. Um, but yeah, just things like that that are entertaining for people. That was probably mm. – and then once we opened the doors, because we, it was a soft opening, we deliberately didn't make a big song and dance about the opening because we knew there were going to be problems in terms of – as there problems with every opening of a venue – um, you know, there'll be IT glitches that you have that you might have tested a thousand times, but you don't see until everything's running. Yeah. Right. Um, and so we just did a, we just did this uh, sort of soft launch. We just decided, yep, yeah, let's open the doors, and we did, and it went. And it, and once people were told the doors are open, it went gangbusters. I, I mean, to that. give you an example, we went, yeah, we we made forty percent of Brandwood Street, so the fifty head venue. We made forty percent of the annual turnover in december well done very good so we know we know that we know the marketing and it's a different it's a very different crowd which is interesting like i I just i describe them more as the casual craft beer crowd whereas brownwood street the original place it would get the hardcore and maybe that hardcore had a mate who wasn't and it would bring them in now it's almost the other way whereas we get a lot of casuals um who might have a hardcore mate as well um yeah, it, it's it's been a really interesting shift in dynamic um, around the place, which has been which has been great to watch because the more people we engage in craft beer, the more uh, the more we're going to sell in the long run. And if it doesn't sell out, if they're not at the brewery but they're out and about and they see our beer, oh, that's where we went to Big Shed. That had a great time there. Da, da, da. Yeah, I'll get that beer. It all helps. It all helps turn the wheel. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. I love the fact too. You said that um, you're promoting for a year because we hear it a lot of people just waiting, waiting because like. Like the, the reality is with any marketing, it doesn't happen overnight. It takes time mm. for people and sometimes they've got to see your brand and see it again and again and again and then have a friend say, oh, apparently there's this brewery opening down here, you know, and it just takes those multiple yeah. touch points. And um, the fact that you, you are promoting for a year to build that kind of demand for when it was ready to go. Um, well, the awareness, yeah. really, the awareness. And then um, it sounds... Sounds amazing. And, the, and you mentioned the 80-20 rule there as part of your social media. Just to clarify that for our listeners too, the, um, just providing value, you know, like it's always about yeah. providing value, not just sell, sell, sell. Because marketing, real, really good marketing doesn't look like marketing. It, it's, it's just engaging. Storytelling. Yeah. yeah. Natural, you read it, you enjoy it. It's in, 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 it, it teaches you something or um, engages you, you know, in a story and so on. But it's not... Um, just sell, sell, sell. Some of it, of course, is sell when there's promotions and things running. And but, uh, but if we're doing that all the time, then the audience goes numb to it for just, for just about yeah. any any style of business. Um, what would you say in terms of like advice to other, you know, business people, um, or something you would have loved to have known from the start? You know, any um, any wise words? Do you need to have a, a beer or two before I hit you with this question, or is it? No, no. Let's no, imagine we're like three beers in, and I'm like, hey, <laughs> I love you, man. Another thing. <laughs> yeah. No, no, no. <laughs> uh, no. Still good. I mean, like I said, I, I am a fan of a saying, and I think generally, like, if you if you're honest, you don't need to have good memory. That's one of my favourites. Um, and again, like, uh, you guys introduced Simon Sinek to me mm-hmm. and his work around like, understanding your why is, is, is to me, is, is the kernel of, of all of it. Because if you understand the why, both from internal perspective and the external perspective, um, you're going to be a lot 
sharper in what you're getting up to. Um, yeah, like, don't buy a dog and bark yourself. Like, get as you grow and as you do, you do need to employ people. You do need to let go. It's a bit like having the kid let them go to the shops for the first time by themselves. Like, it has to happen. Um, and be at, and be at peace with that. Um, and the last thing is probably like I, I got a, a little tidbit from uh, Seth Godin, which is if once you can't touch the bottom, the depth of the water doesn't matter. Yeah. And I love that saying because it's just like sometimes it is hard, and you know, like people look at us from the outside and they go, oh, they see the they see the brewery and and all the things and people coming through and it's all good. Um, but you know, they don't what they don't see is I'm in more debt now than I've ever been in my life, and I'm earning less. Like if I was out in the real world and back in my IT job, I'd be earning more money, but that's not why I do it. Um, you know, and I just like I said, once you can't touch the bottom, depth of the world doesn't matter. So don't if, if you feel like you're out of your depth, don't worry about it. it. Doesn't matter if you're an inch or a meter, have a go. Because you know, the 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 pain of regret always lasts longer than the pain of failure in my in my experience. Mm-hmm. Very good. Awesome. Thank you. Good advice. Very, very sound <laughs> advice. It's um it's all too often we see the people just holding themselves back. Um, yeah. You, know. you do. Like, I get it. I get it because I'm, I am, I'm a naturally, like, and it sounds stupid, but I'm naturally a risk-averse um, individual. But, you know, if I sit and I actually look at it, and this is where my, my wife is so good because she has no emotional attachment to the idea of owning a brewery, but mm. she can look at it a bit, a bit more cold and calculating and go, well, actually, you're being an idiot. This makes sense. <laughs> so... Oh, it sounds scary, but go and do it. You know, and it's that whole thing of the psychology of the of the fear being worse than it actually is. People prefer to be in the coffin than giving the eulogy, which is insane. Like a bad a bad speech, you're not you're not going to die. It feels like it, right? So, yeah. like, make like it's always I always try to not rationalise it, but look at it and go, what is actually the what is in reality what is the worst thing that's going to happen? Don't think about, oh, I'm going to lose my house, my job, I'll be living on under a bridge. Like, have an honest assessment about it and go, what is actually going to happen? What is the worst? And you, I'm yet to find a situation where the worst that's going to happen in reality is is more dangerous or more or, or worse than what I think is the worst that's going to happen when I think about it emotionally, if that makes sense. Mm, yeah, yeah. I was kind of, I used to say this kind of thing, like we'd look at it, look at situations in growing the business and go, well, look, would never like there's pretty much no mistake well you never know you know there are certain mistakes but most things in business like it, within 90 days you could get yourself out of it it's sort of like you know whatever you've yeah. done um you, you could turn it around in 90 days then um and yeah. get yourself out of it yeah it's a it's a good point it's not a not really we're not having a practice run are we this is this is life so you know if it's yeah. what you want to do have a have a crack yeah, at it. Um, very inspiring to hear. So, for you, what's next for for Big Shed? What's the what's the future hold? So, for us, we're looking at um, you know, obviously, once COVID settles down, just sort of betting that betting all that stuff down and, and seeing what the lay of the land is. We've always had an interest in doing um, once we got the front of house running and saw not only the value of it, but how much we enjoy it and the benefits of it to the brand in terms of selling the product. Um, with the staff that we choose, in the glass that we choose, with the music that we choose, and the food that we choose, um, means a lot. So, looking at different retail opportunities is probably the next sort of small to medium term, short to medium term rather, um, goal. Um, whether that be locally or interstate, you know, they don't have to be. We're not really interested in buying pubs. Pubs are expensive 
um, and cumbersome things to run. I think we can we can be smarter and more agile. It doesn't have you don't necessarily need you know one pub knocking out a million liters a year worth of your product. If you have ten venues doing a hundred thousand, it's exactly the same. Um, and it also, in that sort of sense, it diversifies your risk a little bit. So if something falls over, well, you haven't lost a million dollar operation; you've lost a hundred thousand dollar operation. So um, that's probably one of the one of the things. And the next thing is ramping up the brewery production and getting out into export markets. The reason we built the bigger breweries because we were getting conversations um, from people asking us to do export, and we couldn't we couldn't do. It. We did a couple of exploratory ones, but it meant essentially meant moving revenue from local business to to export business because we didn't have any more beer. So you're still making the same amount of sales, you just moved it from one to the other. Um, now with the bigger brewery, like I said, with a 1.2 million dollar, uh, 1.2 million litre sort of um, uh, capacity at, at, at current, which you know, which is which is not which is not small um, in craft beer sense. Um, being able to then now we can look at addressing those export markets more seriously. So we've had some, some discussions with Hong Kong, China. Uh, and the UK um, recently about getting some product over there, so that's very exciting because awesome. I think you know it's a lot of we had a we had a great time in the UK last time we were there uh, last year myself and Jace had an absolute ball we were there met some amazingly good people and there's you know I think throughout the world craft craft beer drinkers are very similar um, in that they're after you know good product. But they're general, generally good people. Like it's funny, we do we do beer events, and and you know you get you talk about uh, you know king hits and, and and Sydney curfews and lockdown and all this sort of stuff. You know we in the in the craft beer industry we sort of talk about like Australia doesn't have a drinking problem; it's got a dickhead problem. You go to a craft beer, you go to a craft beer night, and people will have one or two too many. And if you're behind the bar, and you say, mate. You need to sit down and maybe just have a glass of water because you seem a little, you know, you're going to be off colour. They they don't go, oh, what's your bloody talk? What are you talking about, mate? They're like, oh, thank you for looking after me. Mm. That's the difference. Yeah. Um. So to get our beer into the more into more hands of the, of those kinds of people, um, because they're my kind of people, is 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 something that is something we're very excited to do. Should be nice. good fun. Yeah, yeah, I love it. And um, what so for our listeners, where can they? get a beer i know you guys our listeners like unfortunately we're not all in adelaide so we can't just kind of zip up to your brewery <laughs> but if we are if we are for any of the listeners if you are in in south australia basically any or, or ever uh you got to yep. add it to your to your destination to come and come and visit the, the Absolutely. Yeah, it's a great venue like yeah we've got a you know beer garden uh brewery venue at pinball machines and all sorts of fun things we're at 1154 <laughs> old port road 1154 old port road um we're about Oh, this again—it sounds like it's that classic Adelaide thing. We're about twenty minutes out of the city, like everywhere else. Um, <laughs> yes. 20, 20 minutes north northwest of Adelaide, straight down, straight down the main arterial that way. Um, it's good fun. If you want to buy beer, go to BigShed.beer. You can order it online. We can ship it across the country. Um, yeah, we can start from there. If you're looking for a, a local bottle shop or something like that too, which we you know we can highly recommend. I'd uh, just flick us a message via the website and we can point you to your nearest and away we go. Perfect. That sounds excellent. So, and the same goes for any of our listeners that have venues and things yourselves. If you're looking for an awesome, you know, Australian made beer by, you know, awesome people, well, Australian owned, Australian made, you know, everything. So, um, and really, really cool. As I was saying, the, the, the 
crafty, interesting names of the beers and that. For any of our listeners, if you do have a venue, you know, yourself or a store or, or you just, yeah, just want to drink more beer, um, <laughs> check it out. Bigshed.beer um, is the site to go to and uh, to, to check you out further. Thanks so much, mate. This has been awesome. No worries, Chris. Enjoy yourself, mate. I'll talk to you again soon. Thank you. To get more from Basic Bananas and to learn new ways to grow your business with clever marketing, visit basicbananas.com.